Are we ready, Nadia? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. I'm always ready. Yeah, this is gonna be good. <laughs> I'm Isaac. That's how you started. I'm Isaac. That was so. <laughs> that was so bad. That was what terrible. Do you want me? Okay, hold on. Hold on hold like on, it just on. felt so abrupt. Like let's ease them in. Let's ease them in. Uh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a nice like hello. Like hey y'all. Not like y'all. You don't have to say y'all or anything. But just like it was like I'm Isaac, and you're just you're selling yourself short. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, y'all. I'm Isaac. <laughs> and I'm Nadia. <laughs> and welcome to the table where everyone gets to take a seat. Yes. Um, so how are you, Nadia? It's been actually a month, two months, years. It's been a long time since I've been here. Yes. In this great Jack Straw <laughs> location. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because I left for Uganda in like March. Yep. Beginning March. of March. Oh, yeah, like, very end of February. So, yep. like, yeah, so it's been since February since I've been here, and it's almost May. Like, it's about time for the JT memes to start circulating, because it's, it's going to be gonna May. be May. <laughs> I love that. I'm so glad we could work that in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it's been wild. So we have a check-in question, which is, like, what are three things that, you, like, solidify the month two months that we haven't been here like what could you oh, what three things top three things yeah top three things that could like sum it all up shoot okay i got three i got three it was actually very simple okay cool, <laughs> only cool. three things have happened to me since we've last been on this on this podcast so number one is i went to east africa yeah uh that was pretty dope i went to see my friend mugabe who's a writer uh, who wrote the book Dear Philomena and is awesome and is about to tour again. Um, and so, like, me and Mugabe just kind of, like, hung out and, like, we're down to clown. I love that saying. <laughs> That's fucking <laughs> funny. <laughs> I had to slip that in there. We were just, <laughs> we were having a great time um, in Uganda, Kenya, and Tanzania. Um, got to see Zanzibar. It was, like, the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. And if you don't believe me, go to my Instagram because it's the most beautiful. <laughs> Zanzibar, I, I could live there forever. Um, I got to hang out in Nairobi with a lot of animals. I love I love elephants and baby elephants, and I got to see those. And um, yeah, I just had like a really, really, really good ass time. Love that for like three weeks out of this uh, country. <laughs> I was gonna call it something else, but that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> what were you gonna call it? I was just gonna. Well, I was gonna be mean about it, like which is fair. You know this for this godforsaken land, like something really menacing. <laughs> With that voice. Godforsaken <laughs> land. Right? Um, <laughs> no, I spent three weeks away. Okay, cool. And then I got back and I retired my career <laughs> at my last job. Um, mm -hmm. It was a really good end. Yes. Um, it was nice to stop working there. And I'm happy to report that every day I'm not there is a good one. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, no, it was good for me to stop. So I, my, my contract ended with my last company. And so that was like a big new thing. It's like shift into like job hunting slash figuring out what I want to do with my life slash what's going to make me happy in this moment kind of thought processes slash where's the money going to come from? Like obviously. Yes. That one is there too. It's not all just happiness and joy. So there's like job stuff. But then before I could get really wrapped up into that thing three <laughs> – is that I went to New York for um, a winter tangerine writing workshop. Um, and it was awesome. And I met amazing, amazing, amazing poets. Um, some published, some not. Some who studied it, some who didn't. And just learned a lot from everybody around me in like this four-day intensive um, in New York and Manhattan. And then performed at Poets House, which is an amazing poetry library in Manhattan with like 70,000 volumes of poetry. It's like the biggest um, poetry library ever I'm pretty sure <laughs> so yeah so those are the top three things that kind of sum up what happened to me since I was last here in this room yeah and a lot of poetry stuff I did a lot of poetry performances right during that time so that's been an ongoing thing you're actually like poetry goals at this point I don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm poetry goals but I'm definitely like my own poetry goals for now Yes. Um, because I've actually been able to invest a lot of time in my art and I don't I don't usually have time to do that. So um that's that's been a really like dope part of not being on the podcast. <laughs> not being able to have time because of all these life things that are good. Right. And 
and also interesting. Yes. So about you, tell me about your top three things. Um, I don't know if I have been back since I got my new job. So I transitioned out of my old job and moved into this new job that is um, a little bit more life-giving. Um, a lot more work. I don't sleep a lot anymore. Yeah, that's um, not a thing you do. I don't sleep a lot. <laughs> uh, I work all the time. I'm usually, I feel like I've been on more than I've been off lately, which has not been super helpful. And I think my mental health is like taking tremendous blows because of it, but it's okay. I'm figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's thing one. Thing two is that I am a board member. Um, I'm a, actually now I'm a co-chair. So I'm like the like, like I'm one piece of the president of a board um, for the Lavender Rights Project, which is a um, LGBTQ legal rights service um, place located in Seattle. And yeah. they do a lot of work around like across the country, not across the country. Wow. Across the state. The state is huge in my mind <laughs> and it's a country now. Um <laughs> But yeah, they do a lot of work uh, around the state um, for LGBTQ folks, like trans name clinics. They work with um, the Trans Prisoners Caucus. Like they do so many cool things. And so how to jump on and like support in like this board position thing, which I feel like is not what I'm supposed to be doing at the age of 25. But, you know, I'm doing it. Board, um, like the board sounds like like a, a room full of like old white men in like really weird navy suits right. that have been like in their closets since the 80s kind of thing like right. they knew that they were born and bred to be on this board exactly and the <laughs> board that i'm on is full of like queer and trans people cool. who are like just living their <laughs> like, best lives similar image yeah people of color is we don't really have navy suits but we really like colorful things i like that i like um, that board better yeah it's dope and so um that's uh, another thing that occupies some of my time um, it's been a good experience so far. I'm really into it. Um, and the third thing is, is I think I wrote these things down. Where? I don't know. My birthday. Oh that my God. one. She was my your birthday. birthday. It was my birthday. Yes. I'm now 25 years old. You're so old. I'm so old. I'm over the hill at this point. Yes. Quarter of a century. Everything's going downhill from Do here. Do those bones ache a little bit more than they used to? I was at a training. <laughs> I stood up the whole time because my back hurt. And everybody else was like, Isaac, the chairs are comfortable. And I was like, my back is aching. I need to lay down. I need to do yoga poses. And they were like, how yeah. old are you? I'm You've like, I just turned 25. <laughs> it's over for me now. It's over. Ripe old age. But anyway. So, here at the table, yes, we have segments. We do. We erased one. We didn't. We, we didn't erase one. We just accommodated for our own needs. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yes, that's really, really fair. <laughs> so, now we have three segments. Um, the first one is Dig In, where we talk about the topic of the day. It used to be our pop culture like breakdown, but you know... Our topic can also be pop culture. We and were that's always digging into <laughs> everything. We were digging all the time, to- constantly. That's why your back hurts. That's why my back hurts. You <laughs> we were just digging. The bones are aching because we've been working. We've been digging. We were this out here field. at this construction site. <laughs> I wasn't going to go to a field, but okay. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Brain's been a little darker than yours lately. <laughs> we were digging through stuff yes. in places, getting paid. <laughs> of course. Um, this is not slavery, actually. Nope. Our indentured servitude. Absolutely um, And then we have Who Made the Cornbread, where we answer listener letters about anything. Or I come up with a decompressing question. Love because that. I feel like we need to like lift up our spirits after digging in. I feel like we never do that. <laughs> like, we, we always try. just like <laughs> attempt to like get above it, but we're always still in like a really deep, dark place. Okay. Um, and then we have Can I Get a To-Go Plate, where we wrap things up and, you know, talk about Daniel. Who we haven't seen in so long. Like he has changed. A very different. When human. I tell you that he has changed, you'll just you'll be shocked. Very. Your whole body very will be shook. Human. Just ugh, <laughs> I really we were just both shaking in our chairs and we can't. It felt good. We can't show we can't show you that. <laughs> I wish we had a vlog. <laughs> oh, that'd be dope. <laughs> anyway, yeah. send us letters and ask us to like figure out if we should do vlogging. That'd be fun. Please tell us whether we should do it, because I truly want to know. <laughs> Although you don't want to see me right now. I didn't, wear, okay. I didn't wear my podcast best. Podcast best. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. So today's topic is part of a series that I think we're going to do moving forward called oh, yeah. The Angry Blacks. Because we are black 
And we are angry because James Baldwin said, the only way to be a conscious black person in society is to be mad all the time. All the fucking time. So (laughs) we're talking about surviving whiteness. Ooh, digging into surviving whiteness. (sighs) Because I don't know about you, Nadia, but this last two months have been riddled with caucasity. Caucasity. <laughs> the caucasity. Oh my god, you should see the co- the caucasity in Uganda. In in Uganda? Yes. Okay, hold on. Let's start there. Let's start what? there. What? Let's go do international you know many, and go. Do you know how many white people move abroad? Let's say immigrate. <laughs> oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> to black countries and then like take jobs. Away from the people there and get paid so much more, so 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 much more than the people who actually live there in like nonprofits, like in NGOs. Like, oh dear lord, there are so many, and they are just like in all of these like really cute, like culturally, like trendy places. Oh no! <laughs> like wearing okay, like wearing like you know, like what you would see in a study abroad brochure for someone traveling to Africa. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would just say Africa. Like, doesn't matter what country. Like, they're going to Africa, yes. so they have to put on their African attire, which is like a lot of loose, like gauzy clothing they would never wear here. Never. And a lot of earth tones. Like a all of a sudden, they dress tones. like the dirt. A lot of. Earth <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie to you. As I was like, I so I never traveled to East Africa before, so I was like, let me do some research. Like, what should I be wearing, just to make sure that I wasn't gonna bring anything that would be like offensive in certain cities. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me just like check like cultural norms there. And then like advice to like expats was basically like put on like your stereotypical Africa outfit. Like let's wear these clothes and these colors. Like it was actually like giving that that advice is circulating. I thought it was a major coincidence (laughs) that people all like all white people wore the same thing. No, they're reading all these websites and then they're going there with like the dumbest things that you would see in like Eat Pray Love. Like (laughs) it's just like, what are you doing? Like what are you doing and why are you here? And so I don't know. The caucasity was so real. No. Was so real everywhere. And it's just like they yeah, they they just have so much control in spaces they don't even belong. Yes, and they don't ever truly get to know. And uh, wow, it took me like point two seconds to become angry in this moment. I was like, I'm too chill today to be angry. <laughs> and I really know I'm just actually motherfucking furious <laughs> all the time, all the time. It's yeah. So the only like I kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but like. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm bringing this up is, like, I went to this, like, training on undoing institutionalized racism for my job. Great time. The room was full of white people. And there was, like, the POCs in the room who, like, also work along the white people and probably have been telling them that we need to undo institutionalized racism for, like, years and years and years. Mm -hmm. But they don't really listen to us because they don't have any, like, concrete, like, training that's, like, part of the white supremacist culture of, like, unless you have a facilitator and you have, like, credentials, you're not making any sense and what you're experiencing is not actually real. And so I was like, okay, cool. We went to this training and it was wild because my old supervisor was there. And (laughs) I was like... Hey, girl. Hey. How you doing? And everything that was being said was literally things that I had said Mm. while I was at my old job. Right. And so I was like, okay, bet. So, like, is anything going to change? And, like, we had a, like, little, like, breakout session. And she, like, came up to me. And she's like, wow, Isaac, this is, like, such insightful things that you said already. But, like... You know, like, it's going to be so hard to implement these things. And, like, even, like, especially with you gone, like, nobody's ever talking about these things anymore. And I was like, okay, so the only people who do the work are the people who are impacted by the work. And so why are, the, why are we the only ones talking about it? Why are we the only ones who are, like, surviving whiteness? And I'm like, oh, because we have to. It's not an option for us. It's mm-hmm. not, like, something that we have to go through. So to jumpstart this whole entire ship, American society is a white supremacist society. Right. Full stop, period. Maybe an exclamation point. We're done. <laughs> People are scared. It's a fact. Facts are facts, America. Wow, we don't talk like this in Seattle. Nope. No, we don't. This is not a thing that people say in Seattle very often. I mean, you get to the right places and they'll tell you this. But as a whole, Seattle's... Um, Scared of that messaging. Right. Because we're liberal. <laughs> we're, we're so, so liberal. Welcoming. Yeah. We are so nice up here. We don't have to talk about racism or like homophobia or mm. like ableism. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have sidewalks that literally have like the pan-African flag on them. And right. then we also have sidewalks that have like rainbows on them. Totally. So therefore we are representing the people. All the people. All the people. Yeah. <sighs> 
I feel like <laughs> my entire experience in Seattle is surviving whiteness, I would say. Mm -hmm. Mostly because like I'm in very, very white spaces all the time. My entire career in Seattle so far has been in tech. Mm -hmm. So it's extremely white. And even when it's not white, it's uh it's like cream. Yeah. <laughs> Very much still rooted in, like, that white corporate culture. Right. Yeah. And it's just, like, they don't really understand anything beyond their perspective. And so, like, having, like, even joining in conversations is, like, so, it's difficult because I'm always, I'm constantly joining conversations in those spaces and, and like, introducing a new perspective where they're all, like, what? And then, like, they don't really want to go there. Because, <laughs> like, you know, eight of the people in the circle, eight of the nine, didn't want to go there. So they're like, we can quickly just, like, move it along to another part of the conversation. Because why would we, like, talk about anything that's, I don't know, like, not white. Not white. Or not, like, silencing others. I think that happens a lot in Seattle. Um, and it, it's really different from my experience in, like, Kansas or, like, Oklahoma. Lawrence, not necessarily. Lawrence is very similar to Seattle, and we talk about that mm -hmm. all the time. But, like, when I l grew up in Wichita or, like, when I was in Oklahoma, I knew what places I didn't get to have access to, and I just didn't go to them. And then, therefore, I was in community with people who, like, all got it, and we just talked about it. And, like, we were allowed to exist and breathe and be ourselves because this was the only space we were allowed to be in. Right. Like, we actually only had access to this space. Where here, I have access to everything, but I might walk into a room and be the only black person in there and I'd be like, oh, no. And then it's like, oh, look, tokenism. Oh, look, like we want to have these conversations, but we want to have it on our terms. And we want to talk about right. certain parts of racism or we only want to talk about certain parts of like your experience. And like unless you tell us those parts of it, we're not going to like allow you to enter this space. And it's like. I can't be authentic. I can't breathe. I have to be on all the time. Like, I go to Queer Bar or I'll, like, go to, like, mm. um, Pony or, like, those places and still have to be on. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not – there's not <laughs> – I can't think of a single place that I go to in Seattle that I don't have that experience, though. Like, they, because it's like you enter in certain spaces and there are certain things you're allowed to talk about and there are mm -hmm. certain things you're not allowed to talk about. And certain things about racism is like cute and funny and certain things are like completely serious. And like I feel like I'm constantly trying to navigate those conversations. Like sometimes you want me to be woke. Sometimes you want me to shut up. Like sometimes you want me to be extremely loud when I'm like literally not feeling it. Like I'm fucking tired. Right. But like sometimes like you want to be that person for me and you want to explain my experience to other people in front of me. Like I'm not there. Like there. <laughs> happens so much. <laughs> Like, it happens all the time. Like, it's just a very, like, there is no place, I would say, in Seattle, besides, like, our own homes, right? Like, I can go into your home or into, like, like Kia's or, like, you know, like, certain places, Kia and Leslie. Like, I yes. can go to certain spaces and not feel that. But most of the time, like, that's not, like, if I'm going to go to a coffee shop, okay. If I'm going to, like, if I'm going to go to yoga. Like, the fact that I can find two or three people of color in the yoga class is is enough for me at this point. Right. Like, that's literally all we can get. And so, like, it's just, like, there are, so, there are so, so many places in my, like, everyday life, all of it. Like, everywhere I go, I'm constantly having to, like, negotiate with myself what I'm allowed to say, when I'm, how, I'm how I'm allowed to show up. Like, it's mm. just too exhausting. I don't even leave my apartment anymore. Like, I don't see the point. Yeah, it gets to that point where you just, like, <laughs> seclude yourself and, like, even, like, thinking about, like, social media sometimes. Like, the most radical voices I find are on social media, and yeah. they're also the ones that are not elevated. It's, like, the people who are, like, like towing the center are the ones who, like, get the most playtime and the most air. Unless you're, like, extremely radical and you're saying things that actually don't make any sense. My God, are you going to drag somebody? We should drag somebody. I mean, we can. I mean, like, <laughs> the next question in this cycle is, like, yeah. what is going on in the news right now that, like, like actually validates our own experiences? Because, like, our experiences are not, are not necessarily the same, like, but we do... <laughs> deal with the same shit we deal with a lot of similar shit <laughs> yeah we have to deal with and like weed through um yeah. but yeah like what's going on in the news lots of uh, lots of horrible things lots of horrible things <laughs> lots of horrible things um like for me what comes up first is like i've been like so it's been heavy on me like a lot about like the nigel shelby situation like yeah, um that's the first thing i thought of yeah like a young black queer boy committed suicide or suicided um in was it alabama georgia somewhere down south 
Ooh, I don't even know. It was somewhere where, in which the is south. Terrible. Yeah, it it just it, it was somewhere where it made sense, right? Right. And um, the way that people are talking about this young boy is like, oh, like, well, he didn't have services, and like maybe like the bullying should have stopped, and like we're not talking about like changing the culture around his existence, and like, right. And it's not just like, oh, he like it's the black community's fault because he was black and queer, and that's the reason why like the black people are so homophobic. It's like. He went to a school like that was very multiracial. Just like a, he was being like, bullied by everyone. Right, right. Like the world is homophobic. Right. Like let's talk about the fact that the world <laughs> is. Like the it's not <laughs> like we can we can blame like black people. Black people are very homophobic. Yeah. But so are white people and so is everybody else. Everybody's like, homophobic. Everybody's homophobic. Everybody's homophobic. And so it's like when I think about it, it's like, oh, wow. Like, I remember being 15. I didn't come out until I was 22, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't come out until, like, very far up in age. Very far up in age. I don't that know was that nice, means. though. Very far like, uh, up in age. It was like saying that I'm old, but not really that old right. because it's distance. It's not necessarily, like, it's not time. time. It's distance, <laughs> It's right? just location. <laughs> can we access 22 at this point? We can't. <laughs> we can't. We can't at this moment. Too, so long mm-hmm. ago. But, yeah, it's like <laughs> thinking about being 15 and being like, oh, I'm I'm just trying to figure this shit out. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm a freshman, sophomore in high school. I'm just trying to, like, make ends meet, but then have to, like, navigate, like, identity issues. Like, I didn't even try and tap into it. Like, I knew I was queer, but I wasn't going to touch it. Mm. I was going to look at it in a distance and be like, well, I'm just going to watch gay porn and then not tell anybody about it. (laughs) And, like... As you do. Just keep it quiet. Keep it low key. And, like... (laughs) But he was, like, so proud and open to being out. And it's, like, you see that. And then you talk about, like, uh, Gabrielle Union and um, and what's her husband's name? Dwayne Wade. Wade. Then their um, child. Kavya. uh, Yeah. The baby. Like, uh, their child. And then, like, Zion. Zion? Zion? Yeah, which is um, Dwayne Wade's... uh, son, but he like went to this like queer like thing in Florida, and like Gabrielle Union went with him, and it was like, oh my god, look at black parents like being super like non homophobic and loving their kids, right. and it's like, but then it's like at the same time we have that other side of like black trans women are dying at like at a very exponential rate in America. Right. It's disproportional to like how many black trans women are in America. Right, it's right. like. How are we going to grapple with these two things and have this balance? Like, I can't be happy about it. Like, it's just, like, something that's heavy. But it also is part of the black experience. Like, we have to, like, take our happiness and joy in the moments that we get and then at the same time hold, like, pain for the things that are going bad. Because the bad things are always happening. They're always happy, happening. Th- happy things don't happen often. Right. But when they do, it's like, oh, my God, look, 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 look. <laughs> Let's talk about it for that. five days. You gotta have black joy over that. But I then, You know, that's yeah. that's... That is <laughs> where I think I struggle as of late. It's hard for me to hold on to the joy and hold space for all the horrific things happening. So I feel like I've just been in the horrific <laughs> things space mm-hmm. and just like letting it consume like my body. Like it's just I just haven't been able to feel any kind of joy in yeah. a in a long time like we like it's weird like it's it's not like happiness like yeah certain things made me happy whatever like i've been fine like Mm -hmm. it's it's fine but it's also just like that that like actual feeling of joy it's just like not really i'm not able to access it right now right and i feel like anywhere that i go for the most part is gonna send me like farther in the other direction um than joy so because i just feel like every like i just don't think that White people in Seattle can really ever understand, or white people everywhere. It's on Seattle. <laughs> yeah, in I don't make it to, I want people in Seattle to be like, what? Because like y'all are just as like not special as every other white person in the world. Because white people aren't really that like, special. It's just not something that I think is special. Yeah. <laughs> and like I just don't think they'll ever understand our experience. And I don't think that, like I think that as much as they pretend like they do, mm-hmm. they don't do enough to validate that like really understanding like how can you actually show up and support us mm-hmm. if you really truly understood and I just don't see it like I just think that it's like a fun like it's like a little text every now and then or like a post mm-hmm. on on the socials right about how much you get it and how hard it is for you and right. how you have to cry in that moment and it's just like dude I cry all of the time <laughs> all of the time all of the time like this morning <laughs> like, like just like I spent half of my day crying yesterday right it's and then I was like you gotta get some things done like <laughs> you gotta make it work you gotta make it work like it's just like we gotta survive <laughs> and I just don't feel like that like 
that split second moment where you get it is is actually you getting it. No, it was I was at work um, recently and there was a event thing that we did and it was around like trans identities, but it was still like what I said holds true across the board for most marginalized folks. It's like when we go into spaces, all it feels like is toleration. Like Mm -hmm. we are tolerated instead of celebrated in the way that we're expecting you to like celebrate us. And that comes with the like validity and that comes with like the conversations about like being better and bigger than like just our race like we do we have to be innovators we have Mm -hmm. to be like resilient we have to be wear all these hats all the time and carry all this weight and then it's like we have to also praise you when you get aha moments like i'm like i'm not gonna do that i'm just not gonna do that i'm not gonna do it (laughs) and like the thing is and like um kind of moving forward a little bit but like what is so hard for me, especially talking about race with white people, is that, like, when we talk about, like, social justice education or we talk about, like, undoing institutionalized racism trainings, those trainings are not for people of color. They've never been for people of color. They've only been catered to whiteness. And, like, in those spaces, white people are still centralized. They're still at the center of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, oh, yeah, we need to talk about black people more. It's not, like, the top, like, content we're talking about. It's the way that we're navigating feelings in the room. Like, right. It's so exhausting. Oh my gosh. The number of times I have been asked to help provide some insight into diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so I should probably facilitate a conversation. But I really need to think about my audience. And I really need to make sure that everybody feels like they can participate. Because, you know, in some way, everybody feels othered. (laughs) And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think that's fucking funny. (laughs) I think that's funny. Whenever any white person says that to me in the workspace, I just nod. And I just, like, give them a blank look. And I just keep nodding so that they don't say anything stupid to me after that point. Right. And then I go home and I laugh because I think it's so funny when we get to have a conversation about race. And then the white person in the room is like, I really struggle. And I'm just like, with what? Like, tell me what you struggle with. Like, tell me what you struggle with. Because we can have this little conversation. This is not a competition. I've already won. (laughs) I just want to like it's just like I'm I'm glad that we got together to center you exactly in your like white pity tears. It's like I just can't. I just think it's so silly to me. And it's stressful. Like I hate navigating white fragility and white guilt. Like it is probably the most exhausting thing. Because what happens is like I just give up. I literally had this conversation with somebody, and they were like. Well, you know, like, we have to give people grace in their journeys through, like, learning yeah. about race. Be compassionate. We have to, like, you have to think about in their shoes. I'm like, I don't think a slave master was thinking about my great-great-grandfather's shoes Mm-mm. because they didn't have shoes. They didn't have shoes. I was going to say, that's... <laughs> while they were working in those fields. That's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> like, the people we need to give grace to is, like, black women, like, mm. black queer people, black mm-hmm. trans folks. Mm-hmm. But we don't get grace. No. We get mugshots on television. We get, like, all of our dirty laundry aired, like, on TV when we get killed by a police officer. Yeah. We get tokenized and thrown up for, like, fundraising events oh, and fun. showing how, like, we're so, like, when we are doing good. And what I put, I put air quotes. Nobody can see that. No, but that's, it felt like, I felt the air you quotes. You felt the good. Good. You felt the, good. like, that's air quotes. <laughs> like, we get moved up and put in positions of power so it's like look at our great black person Mm. look at all the work they're doing like oh my god like this agency is like diverse because we have a black person sitting on our board oh my god yes and then we get gaslit the whole time the whole time the whole entire time it's like we were told we could do like reformative action in these roles and then all of a sudden we can't do shit because we're gatekept from everything that's going to change everything Mm -hmm. it's just like not ever in the budget. Nope, it's never in the budget. <laughs> it's just literally never in the budget. But then you have these agencies that have like these racial equity committees and they have like oh all of these gosh, places where you can have these conversations and you come up with activities yes. where we're going to educate the white people in the room educate about them. the experience of your black and brown staff members and the black and brown people you serve. Yeah. And you're just like, oh yes, I've like gotten more insightful. I know how to do better. And like, this is going to be grateful. But then I'm still not getting paid for that work and that labor. I really never get paid. 
at People all. just like to give you hugs afterward, actually. They're like, oh my God, I now understand you a little now bit I better. I know you. I'm going to hug you because I know that you want my body against yours. And I'm just like, I, li- I don't like hugging people. <laughs> Will you Especially not? after like, emotional things. So then you just like did like, not, you didn't pay me and then you hugged me? Like, come on. like. <laughs> I'm going to pay you with this hug. With this hug. And support. Maybe I'll like Venmo you and get you a coffee I probably or won't. I probably won't. Right. <laughs> like, too... I'm not gonna lie. Those coffees are few and far between. They, like, and the people who God. do send me money to get coffee are the people who are also suffering. It's yeah. It's another person <laughs> like, of color. Like it's, it's legit, another like, queer they person. Because like, they know that we need that. Right. It's so. and it's it's so funny. I was um, talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, or no, it was at my board, and we were talking about like. When we like reach out and like ask for like fundraising money and stuff like that, we're asking people who look like us. We're ask asking. Yeah. We're not asking the rich white people who sit at like on those boards and they're like all white men and they're like, we can gather money from our resources. I'm <laughs> going to give you Timmy's like um, retirement fund. He's two, but he has a retirement fund because we can do that because we're rich. And his name is Timmy because we just aren't very good at naming our children. Like, Not creative. There's no background <laughs> like, on why we named this child story. Timmy. He's probably your great-great-grandfather's like that was your great-great-grandfather's name so therefore Timothy. you named him Timothy. Mm. And so now we have Tim. Timmy. Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh. But anyway. <laughs> Angry Blacks. Oh god. It, it, this is literally <laughs> where we're at. Like all the time. This is the emotions and feelings that we have. Mm-hmm. But it's like how and like this is us two mm-hmm. black people trying to come up with solutions for a problem that doesn't actually like it hurts us but it's not like we're coming up with a solution right. for like a better conversation around race in our communities and honestly anybody can chime in they can send us messages you can do whatever you want to but like how can we get to that point how do we make sure that we don't center white people in the room when we're having these conversations that's tricky mm-hmm. <laughs> because i have never been given the permission to do so. Right. Now that sounds bad. <laughs> but like in my daily life, I make it a point not to center white people all the time. In the conversation, even on Facebook. Okay, this is real funny. I posted something the other day. I, I just saw remember, this. I remember. I don't even uh, remember. Honestly, I have no I don't have any details. I remember some I had posted something that was really important. <laughs> Pretty sure it was about like the five black churches who that was mm-hmm. burned down, mm-hmm. and then like, but we were all freaking out about like France, right? Like no right. dumb, like okay, right, cool, get it, awesome, yes, love art, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> posted something about like mm, seems a little weird, you know, just I feel like you know churches getting burned down like on purpose, you know, haven't been highlighted, whatever. No, I'm not, you know, I'm not even, I'm not gonna say a lot about it. I'm just gonna say. Seems kind of fucked up. <laughs> like, that's it. Okay, post this little bloop. And then I like, and then I went into, I think that was the day I was volunteering at the jail, the youth jail. So I was like, okay. So I like got off my phone for the next like four hours because it's like locked up. And then I get out and then there's some, some, <laughs> some white, white person <laughs> commented on there something like just, just like a fun fact about Notre Dame. Like a fun fact. Like honestly, that's what I would characterize it as. Um, and it I was think, a fun fact. And it was like you know, just just another perspective was was the end of the fun fact. And so I was like, wow, I really have literally no energy or time to give you, white mm-hmm. person. I just don't. So I'm gonna go ahead and comment. This is irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> because it was. Because it was. It was. And I was thinking like I could <clears throat> give you more. Like I could give an explanation for. It. But no, I feel like I should give you what you gave me. Just you know. Mm-mm. The bare minimum. Right. The bare minimum is what we'll, we'll call that. Fun fact. And I was like, cool, irrelevant. And then I just like walked away and was like, hmm, I don't have to center this person in my life ever. And then know. other people slept in and did some work. And I was like, very, very good, everyone. I'm glad we all worked together to solve this problem. But the point is, in in other spaces that are not just like me navigating daily life, I'm never given the permission to not center white people. Like I actually start the conversation with, hey, this would be a really effective conversation about race if we mm. didn't center the people who are constantly centered. Right. So let's like let's just flip it on its head. Let's do something different, right? And they're like, oh, sounds risky. <laughs> like, like con- they're like, oh, maybe we should get somebody else to work on this. Like right. maybe somebody else should help you. Oh, that's my favorite part. Somebody should help you. You should get you should a partner. person who wants to work with you and they have to have different identities than you. They love They have to be able to speak diversity. to the white people in the room and they have to also be a white person. Right. And honestly, they don't have to like agree with your curriculum, but mm-hmm. as long as they're there, 
Like the white people will listen. No, we always, I, I've not been in those spaces because you're in a different world. <laughs> I, I'm like, we usually get a partnership and then we like make the topic that we were going to discuss so broad that you honestly could walk into that room and be like, are we talking about race? That's too much. Are we talking about our feelings in this moment? Like you literally are just like, I'm bamboozled <laughs> by the whiteness. Uh, Oops, and, got you again. <laughs> boom. <laughs> Like, oh, the white police. The white police. <laughs> they be on my ass all the time, all the mm-hmm. time. And I feel like, like, at this point in my life, you know, I, how, did, how did you describe your years again? <laughs> Very like, far. Far and, like, up over there. <laughs> far and up. So me being this jumped, far and up over, you know, 27 ripe years of life. <laughs> Like, I just can't. I just don't want to center white people like that anymore. Like, honestly, for me, because I have to survive whiteness, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to have the conversation. Like, that's it. Like, I know myself going forward in my in my capacity, what I have to give in my life, in my career, and I am not going to have those conversations. I will go in there and do the work that I was hired to do. Right. But we will not be discussing my blackness. Right. Like, that is just not going to happen anymore. I'm just not going to do it so that, like, white people can, like, jerk off their feelings, you know, just for a while, Big and then move. be like, oh, yeah, I feel so refreshed now that you've exposed your trauma to me. Like, I just don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, it's like trauma, like, black people's traumas are, like, face masks for white people, mm. specifically, like, white, well-meaning people. Like, they're, well-meaning. like, they love to hear about, like, they love trauma porn. They love, love to hear a porn. good, bad story about Ooh. something that's happening to someone. <laughs> what Ooh, was that arrest like? It. Oh, tell me, tell let, me. Let me read your story and then refute everything <laughs> that you've ever put into this story, but yes. also, I would really love the way that you presented this. It was <laughs> like, what? Let me follow up on what you said on Facebook Messenger, ask some clarifying questions, and really get down to whether or not it happened. It <laughs> like, just, white people love doing that. <laughs> I, literally, it's so wild to me that somebody can <laughs> question my existence and how I walk through this world all the fucking all time. time. It's just, uh... Because, like, yeah. Like, when it comes to this conversation, like, I have gotten to the point where it's, like, very similar to you, where it's, like, I will set a hard boundary. I'm, like, if you want to talk to me about race... Pay my ass. Mm. Pay me. If you want to talk about queerness, pay me. That's good. If you do not belong in this community and you want to know about the community, pay my ass. Pay me. I don't have d- diversity, equity, and inclusion consultants get paid between seventy like seventy k and one hundred and ten k a year. And I probably could negotiate a lot higher because I'm a pretty good negotiator. Right. I- I can look. I'm I'll give saying, you a good. If you are trying to do that consulting, talk to me because I can tell you how much you could be getting paid. <laughs> like these people out here throwing money at consultants, but also the work you're going to be doing <laughs> is coming in and telling white people that they're not that bad. They're not that bad. They just have some things to learn. They just... And that's the thing. I like. That's why I feel <laughs> like once I get to that point, it's over. Let's talk about white fragility and privilege. Actually, they're not gonna talk about white fragility. They're gonna they're talk gonna, about privilege. They're privilege. gonna talk about white privilege. Of yeah. course, that's let's all. Talk about, talk about. Let's talk about. Um. Okay. If you have this, step forward. If you don't, don't step forward. You know that exercise. You no, know that exercise. The, the, white people love that exercise. Oh my god, the one where it's like, oh <laughs> yes, and then you're like, okay, everybody, look back and see who's behind. And all you. the white people look at all the black people. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I wish people could see so us in the studio. I like looking over my shoulder. I'm cute. I like person being cute and just looking back like, oh no, no. I'm leading this race. It's so hard for me (laughs) in the front. In the front, I can't. It's I'm like exhausted. I had to give up so much as a white person to get into the front of this. Front. Like, and like I don't my have dad, culture. my mom wasn't even like that though. Like my mom and dad, nothing like that. They're so they were like hippies. They were like liberal. <laughs> like it wasn't even us, and that's why it's awkward. But I will stand with you, that's even though much. none of my family members ever had slaves. <laughs> right. I'm being. I'm being so. I'm being so angry. <laughs> but it's, this is the thing. This is the part. And this is the part. It's like. <laughs> How are we going to do this? Like, one, obviously, great answer. Don't invite white people to these conversations. Literally shut them out. Shut them out. (laughs) Don't even invite them to the table. If you want to talk about race with your counterparts who are also people of color, do it. Caucus a group. Make the white people go talk to each other. Yeah. Have them go talk about race by themselves. themselves. Don't engage, like, don't have them. It was wild. Like, in our training, mm. we had, like, a caucus group. So we had, like, the POC caucus group, and then we had the white people. White people went upstairs <laughs> because they had less space upstairs. We were trying to make a point, you know. That's put good. Them in a, put them in a room where it's, like, really Tiny uncomfy. space where they all, like, crowded and claustrophobic. Right. And at <laughs> one fifteen, that was when we were supposed to break up. The POC caucus group, you know, one, 
it's a stereotype, but time is not real for us. We're going to take as much real. time for all of us. Yeah, it's, it's not, not a real thing. It's not a real thing, but white people love time. They love they it. They love being on time. So at 1.15, we were supposed to get lunch. <laughs> the POC caucus group is where the food was at. Yeah. We weren't done. Those white people couldn't get access to that food. Mm -mm. And it was hilarious to me. Like, everybody in the group was just like, oh, we have to hurry up and finish. I'm like, no. Take your time. Take your time. Finish your thought. We have to, like, we have always had to hurry up for white people. Fuck that. We're going to take our time. And (laughs) the facilitator was like, oh, no, Isaac's mad. Isaac is, like, leveled up. Isaac's gone. I just gone. like that you made a point within the activity. You were like, listen, there's there's a lesson in here. And I like that. You gave them a nugget. <laughs> you gave them a nugget. You didn't have to give them. I didn't have to give it to them, but I was there. It was, was there. Good. I was Because I get so... That was good. I would have so, never thought of that mm-mm. in that moment. I get so angry. <laughs> I get so angry. It's like, mm. I get so mad when it's like, when white people rush me, yeah, that's I, the thing. I will not be Are rushed. they asking me to move? <laughs> mm I will not be rushed. You ain't going to ask me to move because when my great-great-great-grandmother asked you to move off her neck when she was your slave, there was nothing that you never moved. So I'm not fucking moving. I'm not moving for anybody. Like, especially the idea of, like, I hate public transit because everybody expects you as a, like, person of color to make space for their white bodies. Fuck that shit. I'm not doing it. I'll run your ass over. Walk slowly across the street, white people. Walk slowly. I know I, twenty points. I had boom, some, boom. I had some problems on the bus too. <laughs> <laughs> that bus is crazy, Mm-mm. and I do not like standing on that bus because my carpal tunnel gets. Mm-mm. It's just it, I like to sit down because I have pain. I have a lot of pain, and I feel like people are just like re- waiting for me to move waiting. for someone else. And I'm like, Mm-mm. you don't understand. This is where I need to be. That's this is much. where I need to be. So you yeah, should mind your business. The only answer I have come up with is just like separate. Don't segregation. Uh, segregation. <laughs> um, don't don't invite them. To I just the feel table. like don't engage. Don't engage. If you don't want to, you don't, don't do have it. to. And I think it's really nice. I had a conversation recently. I believe Isaac was watching it, and we were, <laughs> me we were like the, we were at the same dinner, anyways. And somebody oh. was trying to engage with me yeah, yeah, yeah. about topics. I didn't want to discuss, honestly. And I feel like that was the most empowered I've ever been in a long time because I truly was like, these are my boundaries because if we cross those boundaries, like I'm about to have, I'm going to have a panic attack. I don't have time. So (laughs) instead, instead, I was like trying to enjoy the sushi, right? So I was just like, instead, I was just like, "Mm, these are the things I will not be engaging about. And they were like, well, what's going on in your life? I'm like, nothing. Because kind of nothing. Like (laughs) I've been chilling. I've been trying to work through some shit. So, yeah, cool. And I put that hard boundary in place. It was awkward for a moment or two. It was funny. But it like but we we sped right through and I just feel like that's the kind of energy you need to be giving these people, these these white these whites. These whites. <laughs> like you got to be you got to be engaging with them the level that you want to be engaged with. So I just none at all. Not at all. Not at all. Nope. And um that's like yeah, that's how I survive. Mhm. Mhm. That's real. Okay. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to decompress. We're going to decompress? Oh, that's nice. (laughs) So, Nadia. Yes, Isaac. We're going to decompress. Wow, that's a really decompressing voice. Yes, we have to be slow like a therapist. You know, know, I went to school (laughs) to learn these skills. I never learned these skills. I just, I think I'm just a natural... Therapist voice impersonator. Yes. We're really good at that. Yes. Yes. So anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know how much longer I, can I couldn't. Hold that I up. couldn't keep it going. But we are um, decompressing. So, in who made the cornbread? Ooh, I love cornbread. I love cornbread, mm. specifically cornbread with like different things inside of it. Like if you put some like food, like some like hard cornbread, like beans, <laughs> beans in your cornbread beans sometimes, cornbread. or like spicy cornbread. Ooh. Spicy everything. I love spicy cornbread. Mm. We're going to decompress because, once again, we're still in the realm of being plant parents. Oh, my gosh. Yes. My babies. (laughs) Yes. And although I have struggled, we bought something. Like, we went to Home Depot together and we bought plants. And, like, my aloe vera Mm. is Is growing. Is she driving? She's there. Mm. She's getting the sunlight. She's, she's, she's living. Oh, she's surviving whiteness <laughs> because you know plants. Yes. Next to blackness. Yeah. Are sacred. Yeah, that's right. And we gotta protect them. 
So, but the thing is, I've had a cat living with me, and Ooh. the cat likes to eat the plants. <laughs> and so some of the other plants have not been surviving. Oh, no. Um, because the cat is like, ooh, food. I didn't Gotta know cleanse that, that was my palate. happening in your life. It was wild. I just like, <laughs> on the like succulents, there's little bite marks. Oh, my gosh. Those poor <laughs> succulents. So They've been like chewed up, spit out. But <laughs> let's revisit our conversation on, remember how we were like, we're human houseplants, mm-hmm. and we talked about that? What kind of houseplant are you feeling like you are today? Damn, that's good. Okay, mm. listen. <laughs> you know I've been dabbling in gardening. Yes. <laughs> now, I don't want our listeners to get too excited. <laughs> I don't leave my apartment. <laughs> it's not something I like to do outside. <laughs> but I do have a cute little basil plant. Mm-hmm. And right now, I feel like a cute little basil plant. I'm just, I just, I just planted it last week, and it is sprouting, my friends. Like, if you go to my Instagram story, I'm telling you, I'm hyping myself up this week. <laughs> like, that, <laughs> that plant is like sprouting, and I, well, how? Because I relate to this. It's like we're getting somewhere, but don't mm-hmm. rush me. Don't rush me. Like, it's like just a little. Like, I'm just giving a little bit of a little bit of moisture. We gotta hydrate. Mm-hmm. A little bit of sun every now and then. That's where I'm at in my life. Right. I'm just like, hydrate, go outside. Hydrate, go outside. And I feel like I'm springing into a little bit of action. Like, I'm, I'm getting places. I feel like I'm on a good trajectory. Mm-hmm. But I'm not rushing. Not I'm still all. trying to grow from, from previous mistakes, from all kinds of things. I feel like the basil has come through from a troubled past. Yeah. From what I can see of um, its growth so far. <laughs> and... And uh, I just feel like I can relate, and it's got it's got like little wispy, like little wispy, like um, like little leaves, you know, like mm. little basil leaves. Yeah, you know, it's just like the little baby hairs. Yes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like people know what I'm saying. Yeah, they, and so mm-hmm. yeah, I just feel like there's a lot, there's a lot we can, there's yeah. a lot of parallels between me and my my little basil plant right mm-hmm. now. That's real. Mm-hmm. I've been feeling like a hydrangea. Oh, that's kind of gorgeous. Yes, <laughs> um, like, I feel like, that. but like, like one that's like slowly sprouting. Like Ooh. it's it's still spring. You know, we're growing, we're, we're growing. coming out, we're getting there. But like, m- the hydrangeas are my um, grandmother's favorite flower. Mm-hmm. They, she loves hydrangeas. Like she literally is like, I said, come look at my hydrangeas when I go home. Oh my gosh, she's like, come look at my garden. Look at the hydrangeas. It's like she could care less garden, about anything else in that garden. Those hydrangeas, she's like, look at them. Number one. Look how pretty they are. <laughs> Look how they're going. And I feel like I'm like blossoming into where I need to be. It's taking a little bit longer than usual. Like mm-hmm. I'm a, like a late bloomer. But I feel like I'm turning into this beautiful hydrangea. Oh. But it's like taking time. It's taking all the time. And I'm not a patient person. No. I'm not a patient person in my process <laughs> at <not>. all. I've <laughs> never been patient. Um, but it was like literally stepping back from like the podcast and like having no time. Um, <laughs> it's actually not having time because Zero there was time. no time. Um, it's been kind of therapeutic um, being able to like feel like I'm blossoming slowly and things are actually coming together. And now that I turned 25, right. this year, <laughs> I have decided in my 25th year that Ooh. I'm setting hard-ass boundaries Ooh. and I'm going to say no to a lot of fucking shit. The year of the boundaries. The year of the boundaries. Yes. Because at this point, I like it's like boundaries in ways that I didn't even think I could set boundaries. Like, Give us some examples. Oh, yes, let, let's, let's set some it. boundaries today, all of us together. <laughs> I refuse to have conversations that I don't feel are going to be productive or are going to cause me trauma. Uh, I refuse to do, um, if I do work, the work has to fuel me. And if it doesn't fuel me, I'm going to say something about it. And if you don't, uh, like, if you're like, I will give you an alternative of like the work that I want to do. And if like, if it's like extra to my job description, like I'm more than willing to do it. Mm -hmm. But like, if you're like, oh no, I'd actually prefer you to do this. I'm like, "Mm -mm, I want to do that. Like I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, When it comes to like taking time, like over the weekends, my phone doesn't work. Like you, you'll see me on Instagram. You'll see me on Twitter. You'll see me oh, living so my best working. life. It's working. So it's working. But if somebody texts me and asks me to do something that it seems like it's gonna be energy, doesn't work. Mm-mm, not doing. You're not gonna hit me until I hit nine o'clock on Monday. Wow. Because if it's a job for me to work with you, then it's a job that you are going to like. The, the, the job schedule is gonna be there. Nine to five, I will communicate with you. And that's, that's it. See, this is the boundary I set recently. You will not be texting me work-related things. Because even though, like, I don't have a real job, 
I'm freelancing. I'm freelancing. It's, it's a real, real job. job. But I, even though I'm freelancing, like, I legitimately do not want to be surprised with work. Like, I don't. Like, when I want to work is when I, like, go onto my email and I catch up and I organize and I get started. But I don't want to be, like, out, you know, just, like, walking in the sun, enjoying my time, and then, like, pop, like, there's something for me to do. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely not. I don't want you to have access to my life like that. Nope. So I've put a hard boundary in place. Like, literally no work text messages is just not... It's, it's just not, not going to happen. It's not right there. Um, yeah. And I also say no a lot now to like even social events. I've gotten so good, <sighs> I've gotten so good at, at putting boundaries in place for social events because a lot of my like social event anxiety is money related. And so like I'm just like you don't have to go to that dinner. Like it would be great to catch up with them. But also there are a number of other things you can do with that person. So if they don't want to do that instead, like you can just say no and that's okay. Exactly. So I've gotten a lot of time back. I've saved a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And um, I stay booed up. Like, it's like gross at this point. Yeah, um, I agree. It's gross. It's like gross at this point because yeah. I, like, if I'm like tired, I'm not doing anything. And like, my partner is like, well, Isaac, you can come be tired at my house. And I'm like, okay. He bought me a video game on his Switch. Yeah. So I be. Not all of us are that fortunate. Yeah. Some of us just have to be on the couch, you know, watching. Real Housewives anything, of Atlanta? Anything, anything, honestly. Have you finished Real Housewives of Atlanta? Yeah, that's done. Uh, it's really sad. You I'm should go need, to like, Potomac. You should Potomac. pick up Potomac. I don't even know what that is. Potomac is like Real Housewives of Atlanta, but like even more bougie black. That's weird. You should watch it. It's wild. Bougie black. It's like they're from Potomac, which is like an island I'm outside of Washington, D.C. I'm going to be bougie black again. It's wild. You should, we should get there. I've been bougie black before. Yeah. <laughs> not as bougie as these blacks. Not as bougie as these blacks. But I had my own little baby bougie black, and yeah. I liked that life. <laughs> we can I'm get there together. to get back. <laughs> we can get there together. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bougie, like, bougie black brunch. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Love me some bougie black brunch. Keep the mimosas coming Mm-mm. as we gossip until... I don't know. Whenever we need to leave. Whenever. Right. That sounds good. Because it doesn't matter. We don't have a schedule because we're that bougie. Right. I don't know how we got here, but thanks for the decompress. Great time. We did that. We're killing it. Okay. Let's be done now. And we're back to talk about Danielle. So we have not seen Daniel in a very long time. It's been years. It's been seasons. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a few years and a couple seasons, a couple my seasons. friends. <laughs> Which season are we in? We're in second winter. Yeah, in second winter because that's, <laughs> like, how... that's how Seattle works. We're in second winter. It means very similar to like the Midwest in general, where it's like there's sunshine for three days. Oh shit, a tornado's coming! But snow. after the tornado, snow. <laughs> like it's it's hot now. What? It's cold. It's hot. It's cold. Can't wear do a sweater, it. don't wear a sweater. Now I'm, I'm literally in a shirt that like has <laughs> holes in it right now and a beanie yeah. on top of my head. Like I don't even know what's going on right no. now. It's wild. I threw on a sweater just in case it was second winter. Yeah. Like I wasn't sure because it was sunny outside, but you just never know. It got cold. It was like sunny for a little bit, and then yeah. like those clouds rolled in and it got real cold. Mm-hmm. I should have gone outside while it was sunny. <sighs> I didn't have the time or the energy. Right, not even worth that. Mm-mm. So um, Daniel, yes, at this particular season of life. Second winter. Second winter is wearing a very curious outfit. Mm. I would say I would I would label it as curious. I mean, how would you? Curious is a good label. Like kind of like I'm confused, but it works. Yes, it's very functional. Functional, for sure. Like we were saying, like it's second winter. You don't really know what the weather is like, so it's like rain boots. Rain boots. Rain boots with a poncho. But yeah. not a rain poncho. No, no, no. Like a wool. A wool poncho. A nice wool poncho. But I don't know if there's a shirt underneath it because also second winter, you never know what the weather's going to be like. And I think it would be like a little too hot. Like first yeah. winter, poncho works. Yes. Second winter, you can't be wearing anything under that poncho because it's Mm-mm. definitely getting closer to summertime. So it's like that tease of warm weather. Right. But like interspersed with like chills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just those like chilling air. I didn't like that. The breeze right. can be heavy. <laughs> <laughs> heavy breezes. That breeze is heavy. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> um and then is also wearing capris. Well that was a that was a turn that yeah. I didn't see coming when I saw him. We locked eyes. I saw a poncho, I saw rain boots, and then I looked up, I saw capris. Yep. And they're like army green. Very army green. Which is a look. I mean, 
Yeah, it's a look in itself. <laughs> like, I feel like it's functional. Um, Daniel's probably going to go for a hike afterwards. Probably. Like, probably go swimming. I don't know. You never know with he's, this outfit. It's well, so just, iconic. Like, he's very, like, he likes to do it all. Mm-hmm. He likes to dabble in everything. Like he He's like that guy who's like, I'm not an expert in one thing. Right. I'm a jack of all trades. I'm a jack of all trades. Like, it's it's kind of yeah. kind of annoying. He says it a lot. <laughs> but, like, I think it's cool that his outfits reflect that. Right. Clearly, he is a jack of all trades. He wears it all. He does it all. And he is rocking the bold lip. As always. Because, as always. Because it's springtime, bitches. Like, uh, gotta rock like, a bold lip. It might be lip. second winter, but it's also spring. Right. It's also spring. Gotta bring out those colors. Got to. <sighs> Gosh, we miss Daniel. It's been rough without been him. Rough. I'm not gonna lie, it's been a little bit. <laughs> it's been harder lately without him in my life. Yeah. Without the encouraging looks Mm-mm. and um, just generally really curious energy. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and go back. Curious to is it. <laughs> curious is the word. Curious, yeah. Pulling the curious energy into <laughs> our flowers. Okay. I'm so curious of who, what flowers we haven't given flowers in a very long time. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I have not given grace to my friends and family who deserve those flowers yeah. um, on air and oh. need to be praised for all of their great work. Yeah. Oh, so there's a time? Like, are you going to start or do you want me to kick it off? Uh, I mean, like, I how know. are you feeling about distributing these okay, flowers? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, we can, like, we'll go back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth. Okay, okay. Um, go first. Ashley. Uh, my friend Ashley, uh, we're also your friend Ashley. Ashley Ellerson? Yes. <laughs> Our Ashley. <laughs> Our Ashley. I was like, I, this is not a singular flower. You know, you never know. It's a bouquet at this point. Um, <laughs> Ashley has been like really like pushing me to like take care of myself mm. like th- via like Instagram. Like we share so say, much stuff to Instagram. each other. And like it'll be like, I was like, what's going on? And it's like anything I post on my Instagram story, like Ashley will be like, hey, are you taking care of yourself? And I'm like, I was not thinking about that. Now I am and I need to take care of myself. And so yes. like Ashley has been super accountable for me. And like I need that more than ever right now. I love so, that. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, first flower. First flower for me goes to my co-conspirator in my volunteer group named Paloma. And Mm. she brought me hella tea recently when I was like really, really depressed. And also like not, she like invited me to lunch and I was like, nah, girl, like depression is like literally killing me today. And so she was like, okay, cool. I'll just bring you tea. And like just brought me some like really nice Earl Grey and like this like black like coconut. Mm. Oh, it was really good. And this green this green tea, it was legitimately the green tea that I had mm-hmm. at um, the sushi restaurant. And you know what makes it taste like food? Right. There's brown rice in it. That's what it is. It's brown rice. It tastes like food. It tasted like a broth. So it's like a it green like a tea, like brothy yumminess. That, oh, it's like, so it's good. It's so good. So, so she brought good. me tea um, to cheer me up and also to be like, hey, it's cool if you want to like not do anything today. Drink tea. Right. And I was like, wow, you're like the best human ever. And so... That's been a really lovely recent connection, and she deserves all the flowers mm-hmm. for doing a nice thing to make me feel super good this week. Yeah. I like that. Um, Shout out to my partner, Josh, um, on my birthday. Yes. He made this beautiful video really good. Um, of all <laughs> of my friends and family. Um, some that are really, really far away and some who are really, really close. Um, but it was like this collab of videos and like... I was crying from the very beginning. Nettie can attest. I like started crying the crying. moment I saw the video start. Yeah. And then it like hit my mom and then my mom said something. And then I think like at one point Jasmine was in a corner crying. Like she's just like, oh, I love Isaac's mom. And then my grandparents came on the screen and I was like about to fall out. It was too much. And then a football hit me. And then a football hit Nadia. When and I was then, drinking my wine. And then we had another moment of <laughs> I will murder a white bitch. Caucasity. Caucasity. <laughs> All the time. Yes. Never letting Flowers you for Josh, though. Yeah. Beautiful video. It's a really good video. I love Nadia's part of her video. <laughs> it's like everybody else's videos are like very like, oh, like we're in a car, we're doing something. Nadia's like hunched over, like living her just best living. artistic life. I just washed my hair for you. Like she's <laughs> living. I was cracking up. It was so funny. I'm pretty sure I asked you to take me to the grocery store. Right. Like in the middle of it, I was like, oh, but not at this time. Like I, I had to revise it, but I didn't want to like start over. <laughs> It's great. So, like, anybody who, like, participated or, like, gave me, uh, wished me a happy birthday, like, thank you so much. Y'all are the best. I'm 25, and I feel old as fuck. Mm. 
That's good. <laughs> I feel like just like to a little segue to my flower. <laughs> like I think what we can we can say is like Josh. Josh is a white guy, right? Yes. And so I have two whites who did it right. <laughs> To give flowers to, I feel like the three of them could be in that little group. The, the group but of white the group people of whites that. who did it right this last week. Daniel's also in this uh, group, like all of the like, yeah, good yeah. whites. Good whites. I got I got a candle, like a seven day candle, to clear the energy, the negative energy out of my life from a good friend, Jen, mm-hmm. white lady, real cool, did it right. Like I needed that. I need someone to be like, why don't you just try burning this candle and like trying to get rid of that negative energy that you don't need? And I was like. Girl, yes. Let's invite some joy. Let's invite it. some joy. Always so inviting. that was really sweet for her to, and she brought it for me from New Orleans. I oh, love like, that. That's so sweet. I love New Orleans. We're about to be there. And we're essence be there soon. Yes. yes. And then dear friend Liam sent me a little extra funds so that I could like do some self care stuff because mm-hmm. I was real nervous about going to an expensive dinner. Yep. And um, they were just like magic. Here's some Venmo and um, joy. Yes. And I was like, also, wow. happy belated birthday. Liam's birthday, Liam's was, birthday yesterday. was yesterday. So like, yeah, just, you know, just a lot of whites that did it right mm-hmm. this past week. That's what I want to call them. Yep. <laughs> Especially because we've just been bashing. I mean, like, yeah. Whiteness. Whiteness That's is not white not people. Not white people. Yep. And let's be very clear about that. White mm-hmm. people benefit from whiteness just like we benefit from whiteness in That's some right. ways. And so like whiteness as a concept and as a structure is very, very problematic. Hell some yeah. white people lean into it more, but they all benefit from it. Like but most. some people lean into it more. Right. These are the good whites who do not. These are the good <laughs> whites who did it right. And yep. so, <laughs> yeah, I just feel like they deserve lots of flowers because yes. I just think it's nice when we think about people who are struggling. Yes. And provide Anytime. them with like really nice, like thoughtful things mm-hmm. where it's not just like, oh, I know you're feeling bad. So I don't know. I like bought you this expensive gift. It's like this is actually something that'll help you like with your healing. Mm-hmm. And I love that. That's really wonderful. Right. Magical. Shout out to my therapist. Oh, um, yes. I want to give them flowers today. So my therapist is a queer um, trans person of color. Yes. Um, their name is Paca. And they got me together today in a way that I wasn't prepared to get snatched. <laughs> um, so the last time I went to therapy, um, Paka asked me um, how was I going to take time to rest. And I was like, how how does one breathe underneath water? And Paka was like, so lots of questions nobody breathes underneath the water because there's no air. I'm like, yeah, that's how rest is in my life. That's a stupid question. You need to ask a better one. Wow, you cranky and dirty. Yeah, okay. it was really bad. It was real bad. Um, I get you. So I came in today, <laughs> and I was, like, exhausted this morning. And I walk in, and Paca goes, wow, you haven't rested? And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> How do you know that I haven't rested? You don't know my life. I haven't told you my life yet. And Paca's like, because you're not walking like Marsha P. Johnson and Malcolm X. You're walking, walking like your oppression. You need to recognize whose shoulder you're standing on when you're walking. That's like... And I was like... <laughs> Okay. Excuse okay. me? <laughs> I was like, okay. Dang. And then they started laughing and said... You think they rehearsed? Hmm? I feel like they probably sat down and was, was like thinking about it. They said it and seamless. I was like, you said Marsha P. Johnson and, and Malcolm, Malcolm X? X? You came for the two people yeah. I care about the most. the most? Yeah. You knew what you were doing in that moment. Honestly, they were just like... I did not come here to play any games today. <laughs> We're actually going to do the work today. We're do and the I work was like, right away. I'm not going to give you time. Uh uh-uh. uh. And I just instantaneously started crying, and then we had a really good session. That's session. Great. It was great. And it was powerful. Wow. But yeah. That's lovely. I think um, as far as humans go, I'm done giving flowers. <laughs> but I would like to give. Some flowers to this bomb coconut rice that I made. Come it's on, coconut so rice. It's so good. It's good. And if you don't like like brown rice because it doesn't like remind you of white rice, because I love white rice. Like, this is what I grew up on. And brown rice has always been like, Meh. like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you make coconut brown rice, it's just as good as white rice. Like, oh. it's so good. It's so good and it's coconutty and delicious. And I got some curry that um, I'm going to put on it. I'm going to make some vegetables. And it's just going to be a really, really delicious meal. Um, and I just feel like th- that meal deserves flowers. Food has been getting me through. I've been cooking a lot. Yes. I've just been like spending my time like getting groceries and just buying the things that I know will bring me joy. Self-care. Food-wise. And yeah, it's a it's a game changer because like when you're like at home and you're like, oh, everything is just really hard. What do I do? It's really easy to like get distracted by like making a meal and just spending time with yourself, like cooking a dish that you know you're going to enjoy. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think it was going to be like that helpful, but I've been cooking a lot and it's been really helpful. Maybe I should try cooking. 
You are not a cook. I'm not. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> like I just, I really don't see it for you. Mm-mm. It's like I'm the just one uh, time we went to the grocery store. It was very hard. I just don't. It's too much. There's too many things. <laughs> there, I don't know. You're like, should I buy six onions? I'm like, what are you making? Like, <laughs> it's just like, sure you could, but like, as someone who never cooks, do you need six onions? I was making a quiche <laughs> <laughs> with six onions, girl. <laughs> that quiche was supposed to sustain me for a long period of time, and I. Ate that quiche in two days. Six onions worth. Yes, That's gross. I was living. That's gross. That's too much onion in a quiche. <laughs> I was living a different life. Yes. But anyway, thank you so much to Jack Straw yes. for allowing us to be our most creative selves, the most authentic selves inside of this space. The angriest of blacks. Yes, of course. Um, we also have a Patreon, and we also have Venmos and uh, PayPal's, where you can send us money for the work that we're doing on this podcast, so we can continue to do great work. We can move this from like a two-week show to a one-week show if we have coin. And you know, like this is labor. This, like, like I told you, diversity, equity, and inclusion consultants get paid between seventy <laughs> k and one hundred and ten k, unless Natty is talking to them, and then which we it can, can be, add. We can we add, add some k's. We can add Trust. some k's. We can add some k's. <laughs> I'm, I'm a great negotiator. But like this is work and us like this is an access point like this is something that you can take to your agencies and something they can listen to and be like yo we can do better and maybe we should create caucus groups or maybe we should like make white people leave the room when we talk about race I don't know and and this is part one part one of like several parts several parts so many parts so many parts Um, and you know there might be guest people to come and talk about other the things. parts and other things. Lots of things. Yeah. I mean, because so, uh, being angry is <laughs> real chill. But anyway. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. We're cool. We're cool. We're, <laughs> We're chill. cool. We're chill. We'll go get food and not be angry and yeah. do community with each other. So we'll be fine. I'll probably still be angry. Yeah, true. <laughs>